0: Rural Broadband Today is a production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Broadband, we need it for work and for school, for our health and our economy. What's being done to bring broadband internet access within reach of every American? Let's talk about it now on
1: Rural Broadband Today. As you might could tell from the Zydeco music there on the intro, we are going to Louisiana. Thank you for listening to Rural Broadband Today, where we take a look at the issues and the people shaping the rural broadband story across America. I'm your host, Andy Johns, and this program is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources. Please share this episode with your network and help us tell the story of uh, of rural broadband. I'm delighted to be joined on this episode by Thomas Tyler, who is the Deputy Director for Connect LA in Louisiana. Thomas, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Andy. I was fortunate to uh, to meet Thomas um, at the uh, Fiber Broadband Association event in Baton Rouge over the summer, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time uh, to share uh, to talk with me and, and, and share your story with our listeners. Now, if any listeners out there um, saw gumbo in the title of the episode, and uh, we're here looking for uh, talking about Cajun cooking, they're going to be disappointed because Thomas uh, gumbo means something different uh, in the context of of your office. Tell us a little bit about what what Gumbo means.
0: Sure thing, Andy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, last year we launched our first statewide broadband grant program uh, with the acronym Gumbo. So that stands for Granting Unserved Municipalities Broadband Opportunities. Uh, From what we have heard, it is the best named uh, program uh okay. across the country. Everyone has is very impressed with it. And uh all, everybody wants a, a little bowl of gumbo, you know. So you
1: go. Uh, in an in industry full of acronyms, uh, you know, that one's correct. head and shoulders above of every all of them. Yep. Very easy to remember. Yep. So with that program, um, you know, my perception from talking to folks around the industry is just a couple of years ago, um, Louisiana was was behind. There were a lot of states, you know, Minnesota was one of the leaders. Tennessee has done uh, very well, kind of moving moving things forward with the state, you know, broadband program. Um, but you guys have have shot past a lot of folks. I was at a big broadband conference out in Las Vegas uh, last week. And somebody mentioned, um, you know, when they were talking about three states who were doing it right, um, they talked about, I think it was Minnesota, Georgia, and Louisiana. So you guys have gone, at least in my perception, you guys have gone from, being behind to being one of the leaders, um, in this office in, in a program like this, is that a fair assessment?
0: Uh, from what we hear it is, you know, and for an office that's rather young, you know, we really, you know, it was, it was formed in in 2020, but it really got stood up in March of 2021. Um, I came on in June of 2021 and really our, you know, our, our mindset was to, to look around the country and see who was doing things right. And, uh, try to, try to mimic that and, and mirror what others were doing to, to bring it to, uh, to Louisiana and add our own flavor. Uh, I think a big key Portion of why we've been so successful and why we have uh, gained such notoriety around the country is, you know, the support you know, that we have uh, across the state from from a local level to you know, a statewide elected official level, uh, level up to our governor. So, you know, everybody uh, everybody recognizes the need for uh, broadband connectivity across our state. And that, that's part of why uh, we've had such good success with uh, our, our office and our program thus far.
1: Now, let's set the scene for folks about um, broadband access in Louisiana. When, uh, you know, looking at the stats, you guys are number 18, at least in 2021. You're number 18 in terms of access to gigabit infrastructure uh, among states. And you're number 30. Uh, same time frame, 2021. Louisiana was number 30 um, overall in Internet access um, ranking the states. So. Um, set the scene for us a little bit. What, what does connectivity look like, um, in Louisiana right now?
0: Uh, you know, it, and I would, I would imagine those rankings are somewhat overinflated. It's pretty abysmal, you know, I mean, you can see the map behind me. It's got a lot of red dots on it where we visited across the state, you know, a a key part of what we do is stakeholder engagement and, and having discussions with, uh, local leaders, municipal leaders, even, you know, uh, residents where they are you know it's it's part it's a key part of what makes us successful and and the problem across louisiana is widespread once you get outside of the major cities you start to get to areas with legacy infrastructure and connectivity that you know may just not be there there's a ton of citizens out there uh that do not have good access to uh high-speed internet and we're looking to remedy that with our grant program so uh not only is that a challenge, you know, just the access issue, but uh, we also, you know, have a digital literacy issue where uh, there, there's people outside in the state that, you know, do not have uh, the wherewithal or the device or the understanding to to get online and, and understand how it can, uh, you know, have a positive effect on their life. And and the last thing that I would say is a is a, a large hurdle to overcome is in regards to affordability. So. Uh, the, these are not new challenges. These are things that you know, are seen across the country and, and everyone's having to deal with in their own way. Uh, but from our perspective, th- those are key to uh, understanding and, and helping remedy the situation. I mean, you know, we, can, we can provide broadband access to everyone, um, but if it's not affordable and it's not understood on how it can improve their quality of life, uh, it's not going to be helpful for those residents. So, uh, those are some of the challenges that we're working through, and and you know, hopefully, we're coming up with good uh, forward thinking plans to deal with them.
1: I'm really glad you touched on that that the adoption portion, not just building the network, but getting folks to to adopt broadband is so, so important. And uh, I'm glad that y'all are are thinking in that direction. Now, you guys have done a good job. Um, of highlighting, uh, the mix of broadband solutions, um, in both bigger cities and small towns, um, on, on your site as you've got different stories about some of those, um, you know, some of the solutions that the folks in Louisiana are, uh, are doing to, to bring that connectivity. What are some of the solutions that, that you've seen across the state that, that stand out to you?
0: You know, it, it's really interesting because I mentioned, like, we go out and do these stakeholder engagement meetings and, and just go out and, you know, visit small towns across the state. Uh, it was actually, it's it's actually a personal goal uh, and a personal accomplishment of mine, but I actually visited our 64th parish uh, slash county. So here in Louisiana, we call them right. parishes. So uh, I was able to touch every part of the state, you know, hey, with previous roles in this one. So. Um, it, that was pretty cool. But what's really interesting about that is as we go to all of these different locations and meet with different people, we learn and hear these different stories about people that have really changed their own lives just by but, and the, the issues that they've overcome to try to get access to Internet to either further their career or their education or, or things like that. Um, you know, we, we visited a community up in northwest Louisiana, like right at the right at the corner near Arkansas and Texas where, uh, you know, a lady would, would go to the library to take classes uh, so she could, you know, move up to a management position from her McDonald's job, uh, you know, and, and those are the types of things where they may not have Internet at home, but they're, they're trying to, you know, go above and beyond to further uh, their own lives and their livelihood for their families so what's what's really great to to, to see is to go to these different communities and see what works uh, in communities whether it's fiber to the libraries or whether it's you know in Washington Louisiana where we had a local mayor who set up a computer lab you know with some old computers and and a, a space you know near their mayor's office uh, they were able to establish things like that so we see different uh, different avenues of connectivity across the state where uh, every type of stakeholder is working, you know, to further their own communities. And a lot of what we're, a lot of what we're hearing, we take to heart, you know, we, we want to, we want our state residents to have a better quality of life. And one of the key things to do that is through broadband connectivity. So as we move through and think about the the future of our office and, and how we want to, uh, go forward there. These are, these are key things that we need to think about.
1: Absolutely. i and all of those serve as, as good reminders when you meet those folks, good reminders of, of why you're doing what you do all day, every day. Yeah. A couple of major bullet points I want to bring up. Um, uh, so you guys were among the first batch, uh, to receive approval from the U S treasury, um, for your plan to spend $176 million from the American rescue plan. You guys were also, um, maybe the first in terms of recipients, um, from the bipartisan infrastructure, um, bill and, um, that that went into effect. What do you attribute, uh, some of that success to as, uh, you know, those are obviously some, some headline grabbing numbers and and headline grabbing programs. And you guys were right there on the, the tip of the spear to start bringing that to Louisiana. What do you attribute that success to?
0: Yeah, so I'll unpack both of those, you know, with the two different programs and start with the one that's uh, kind of administered by Treasury. You know, with the with the CPF dollars, uh, we we moved quickly to establish what our plan was going to be last fall, to get that over to Treasury and to get feedback on it from Treasury. You know, to say, look, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to spend it. Uh tell us, you know, what we need to do to improve. And that relationship with the administrators and, and the personnel there, I think really helped kick us into that first round. You know, the, the ability for us to to work quickly, to take uh, criticisms, you know, constructive criticisms and change our plans and adjust them accordingly. I think that's what really helped. And even, you know, with that funding, actually, you know, with CPF, we've, we've uh, spent the vast majority of it. It's been... Uh, it's been allocated to Gumbo Grant projects with our first round. So we had 80 um, something projects that we have funded um, and you know we've already you know we attended a groundbreaking of a month or so ago for the first Gumbo Grant project. So pretty much all of that CPF funding has been exhausted, save for a few million dollars extra. Uh, Two projects around the state that are going to serve over 80,000 locations with where the vast majority, 98, 99% are fiber to the home. So, uh, um, huge, huge, uh, huge improvement, you know, uh, you know, that we can start to see over the next, uh, six to 18 months. You know, I think the average build time for most of these projects was in the 12 to 18 month range. And I even had an email yesterday or this week from, uh, from one of our, uh, you know, contractors who said, you know, they're, they're halfway done with some of their projects and they're, they're looking to start receiving some of the funds. So, uh, we've, we've had a lot of contractors and a lot of internet service providers, you know, getting out there building, you know, building what they need to, to connect their, their residents in those areas. Uh, another key part about the CPF dollars that we awarded, a lot of the funding actually went to small and mid-sized businesses based in Louisiana. So it wasn't just the big companies that you would typically expect that got funding, you know, while a lot of them did have good projects and were funded. Uh, a lot of the smaller companies also, you know, had a, had a, good, uh, had a good hand in, in how they, per, you know, uh, portrayed their projects to the state and they scored high on their uh, applications. So uh, we're proud of that and we're proud that, you know, a lot of the workforce that's going to be utilized in Louisiana is coming from that, you know, and that it's going to be local people building local networks uh, for residents. And so that's, that's really key. Uh, yeah, and let, so yeah, and let, the CP- let's put a oh, pin sorry. in that
1: and, and dive in just another second on that. So when, when you're talking about those, are most of those um, existing, fo- in my mind, when you say some of those, you're talking electric co-ops, um, you know, telcos who are there, um, you know, locally based, those are the kind of folks or did you have, you have some new startups? Um, or is it mainly folks that have been in those communities for a long time?
0: Uh, you know, they've been in the communities for, you know, a few years on average. I don't know that we had any new startups that actually had submitted an application for it. Uh, you know, with our grant program to apply, uh, it's either a co-op or an internet service provider to keep things simple. Uh, that That's the type of, uh, it, it allows us to get information from uh, companies that, you know, have done this before or have participated in a grant program. Uh, you know, that those are the types of things that uh, we we were able to learn on how to, you know, go through this application process and may make a few changes in the future. But for the most part, the vast majority of our projects are underway. You know, we, we recently sent out grant agreements for the companies. Uh, and so, you know, we're there, they're, you know, shovels in the ground ready to, you know, building right now. So um, re- really good from that perspective. Uh, To to jump back to your other question in regards to BED, so yes, and uh, we had our inaugural statewide broadband summit that we hosted back uh, in August, September with uh, NTIA, uh, and that was where uh, it was announced that we were going to be the first state to receive our BEED and DE planning fund. So the first uh, dollars from the infrastructure bill uh, were headed to Louisiana. That's about $3 million dollars. Uh, for our state to start the planning process with that, so uh, we were really proud of that, and we've we've actually been uh, you know hosting a lot of different stakeholder engagement meetings in regards to digital equity over the past few weeks. Um, we have a few this week, we have a few next week, you know, and, and we're we're planning to you know really dive in deep after these and have more focused stakeholder engagement meetings. So we've been working through that across the state, uh, and really you know uh, we we haven't stopped with with. Uh, expending those planning funds. So we've got them, you know, we're, we're continuing down our plan to develop our initial planning uh, application and in our, in our five-year plan for BEAD and, and, you know, the same type of planning uh, details for DE. So uh, we were really excited to be one of the first states to receive the, uh, the planning funds. And again, you know, show
1: that, you know,
0: uh, there's a lot of things Louisiana is last in, but broadband uh, is not going to be one of them.
1: I like it. Uh, sounds good. Another one of the stats I wanted to, to unpack a little bit, uh, and it, it's related to that, especially when you get into the, the equity piece of it. Um, but the Wall Street Journal had said that you guys, uh, the state of Louisiana is uh, number one for adoption of the affordable connectivity program on, on a per capita basis. What do you attribute that um, that success to? Because obviously that's something you guys, I mean, being number one per capita, that means you guys are doing something uh, better than most.
0: So I attribute that strictly to uh, a high level of communication. Uh, the real, the real main goal with that is to get it out to every type of entity that has stakeholders that would benefit from it. So when we looked at that, you know, last fall we said. Well, this is pretty simple for us to get out in front of a lot of different groups of people. So when you look at, you know, not only, you know, school systems, there, there's a ton of people that could benefit through our local public schools across the state. Uh, you know, we wanted to get in front of uh, universities where they could also push it out to uh, recipients that would uh, benefit from it or would qualify for it. Uh, you look at your faith-based groups. You look at you know your your community anchor institutions, and even you know you you could you could dive in deep and go to your municipal leaders and say, "Look, you guys need to get this out to your stakeholders, to your uh, to your groups, and let them know that this is available." So, I really attribute the the gain in that to uh, a high level of customer or a high level of consumer engagement and a high level of communication across the state. Uh, from all types of different entities that would have a group that would qualify for it
1: that sounds like an excellent approach uh, really hitting some of the, the folks where communities already exist um, to, to reach out I've got got two last questions for you um, let's let's get out of the crystal ball um, let's look ahead So what are you guys working on obviously there, there's a whole lot more coming with bead when we get into next year um, but uh, what are you guys working on and, and where do you what do you see? Uh, on the horizon, uh, looking ahead for broadband, e- either specifically in Louisiana or just uh, across country?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that there's a, a few key things that we're working on. Uh, currently, you know, bead and digital equity planning are our uh, main goals right now. Uh, you know we want to make sure that we have our digital equity plan uh, drafted. We want to make sure our, we have our bead plans drafted. Uh, and we start having conversations with NTIA officials on what we want to do and, and how that's going to shake out. Uh, we're in the process of developing our own statewide broadband map and uh, look and using that to really assist us in our next grant round. So you know, when Gumbo uh, version two or Gumbo round two or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, when we launch that based on the bead funding, uh, you know, we'll we'll have some maybe some small changes based on what, uh, you know, what we've learned from the first round and what what, uh, the requirements are for Bede. But other than that, you know, we're we're keeping it mostly the same. You know, we want participation from the providers. We want participation from municipalities. Uh, We want to make sure that we're connecting all of our uh, locations, you know, that we are going to serve every location with some form of broadband. So that's really our main goal moving forward. Uh, I'd also think that you know, as uh, as we start to dive into the needs of the providers as they build out these projects, you know, the key things that we have to think about are not only workforce development, but also uh, you know, supply chain issues that they may overcome, and, and permitting issues that they may have across our state. So we're taking each of those uh, seriously. You know, from a uh, from from a workforce development perspective, our governor uh, allocated ten million dollars to our community and technical college system to really start uh, and and flesh out good programs that uh, where, where you know students can can go in, take a curriculum, and plug and play right into. These roles that the providers have. So we're working, we're letting the community and technical colleges work closely with the uh, providers to develop those curriculum uh, across our community college system and make sure that, uh, you know, they do have a a good workforce that can not only go out and build the networks, but they can go and maintenance or provide maintenance or services or things like that uh, throughout our state. Uh, we're taking different uh, avenues where we're, we're staying engaged with uh, the stakeholders in regards to permitting as well as with supply chain. You know, we haven't heard any horror stories yet of people not being able to get material, but uh, yeah. I would expect that that might show up at some point. So the things that we can do as a state to assist with those, uh, we're, we're looking to stay on top of.
1: Yeah, that labor and um, uh, inventory uh, shortages or, or something uh, that is a real issue for some folks. Glad that y'all are taking some steps there. Um, I know I said two questions left, but you mentioned broadband maps. So I want to jump in real quick there because there's nothing that I've seen that fires up broadband executives quite like um, maps and the accuracy thereof. Is there yes. anything particular that you guys are doing? Um, uh, and, and I think the maps are getting better. But is there anything particular that you guys are doing there in Louisiana to try to get those maps as as accurate as uh, as possible?
0: So uh, this past legislative session in 2021, we passed legislation to establish the state's first broadband, uh, statewide broadband map, uh, utilizing the uh, information that ISPs provide to the FCC. So whenever they provide it to the FCC, they have to get it to us. Uh, Pretty boilerplate kind of stuff there. I think the uh, interesting part here, you know, will be to see uh, how the... the FCC maps, uh, shake out in regards to the bead allocation. Uh, because once that happens, that's going to be, uh, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, that would be the map you would want to use. Really from our perspective though, if there's still uh, issues with that map or iterations that have to occur to get an accurate picture, we want to have the ability to have our own map in place where we could run grant rounds without running into issues, uh, you know, with, with, um, the, how, how, Areas are represented, so uh, it's it's protective from that measure. But uh, really, uh, I think that that's kind of a moving target for a lot of different states. Is is trying to determine the the best way to analyze the data or challenge the data or things like that. Uh, So you know, we'll we'll keep pushing forward as we can. And uh, you know, if we have to make changes or or come up with different scenarios or ideas, you know, we we can do that. So.
1: Last question for you, cause I know you, your time is short. Um, but what, uh, what advice do you have for somebody else? Who's, who's in another, another state, maybe they're in a similar position in a broadband office or, or somewhere else and they look at Louisiana, how quick y'all have gone from, from zero to 60 or, or close to it, um, on the broadband office. Uh, what advice would you have for them uh, when they're, they're trying to move things forward like you guys have?
0: I, I think communication is key and, uh, staying, um, uh, having a good relationship with your key stakeholders across the state is important to have in place. Uh, you know, and a lot of what, what is happening is not new. You know, you can reach out to us, you know, you, you can reach out to other States that are leaders in this space, you know, and, and have discussions and ask questions. You know, there's no need to completely reinvent a lot of the stuff that we've done. You know, if, if there's something that's working in Louisiana, take it and and put it in, and put it in place in your state there's a there's a few states that are around our, our our state you know Texas Arkansas that are taking our plans and you know really putting them in place you know in in the best respect for their residents so uh, there, there's a lot that can be done but there's a lot that's already been done and, and there's no need to go back and reinvent the wheel here you know reach out reach out to your uh, statewide broadband network and say look this is something we're having a challenge with, how are you handling it? We're, we're happy to facilitate those calls. You know, you can visit our website connect.la.gov or you can uh, email us at connect at la.gov. And we're happy to uh, you know, have those conversations and assist people where we can, you know, we're, we, we, we want to help, we, we want to help and be a leader in the space. And, and the way to do that is by assisting others.
1: Excellent. Well said. Well, Thomas, I appreciate you uh, you taking the time and uh, sharing some of the, the good things y'all are doing there in Louisiana. Thanks for your time.
0: I appreciate it, Andy. Thanks for having me.
1: He is Thomas Tyler, the Deputy Director for Connect LA. I'm your host, Andy Johns with Pioneer. And uh, we appreciate you for taking the time to listen and learn more about the broadband story.
0: Rural Broadband Today is brought to you by Pioneer Utility Resources. Rural Broadband Today is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.